three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to a round two playoff episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one half of your hosting crew, West Halls, and joining you from the heart of Dallas, Texas, Walker Lott, my fantastic co-host, joins you with a cup of hot cocoa from beautiful College Station that is now $76 million poorer than it was a week ago. <laughs> Walker Lott, number one, how are you? And also, I want a rapid fire take on, uh, on Jimbo uh, being escorted out of the city. Uh, I'll start out with saying thank you so much, Jimbo, for all the good times we had, you know, seven overtime and a lot of, you know, a top five finish should have been in the playoff that year. And, uh, yeah, bringing in a top recruiting class of all time, yada, yada, yada. He brought it, he put it better than he found it. I guess that's where I'm going to put it, but I think it was time. Uh, this is the best opportune time to fire him for the future six weeks before signing day. Before the transfer portal opens, this is the best time to do it to see what this we can do. I'm excited to see the names that are out there, see where it ends up. I'm excited to see what E-Rob will do for the next three weeks. You never know if he goes into Baton Rouge at 11 a.m. and beats them. Like We're talking about a crazy time. But uh, thank you, Coach. But this was the right thing to do. We were in a stagnant, like just stalled position, not going forward. It needed to be done. So. Yeah, I, I, it's not a college football podcast, but I'll give my my rapid fire take. I was kind of upset when I heard this. I had been saying that I don't think it all lies on Jimbo. I think we're about four plays away from only having one loss on the season. We're also even played the last two games without Evan Stewart, played last game without Walter Nolan because he decided to punch somebody in the nutsack. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. It's I, I, the more I hear and the more that I realize we probably didn't fire him without realizing we could probably go and get somebody that we like, hopefully Mike Elko. I also really, I, I don't think Jeff trailer is the guy that we fire uh, yeah, no. Jimbo for. I think there's a couple names out there and I have no like backing about this. Like, I, I think there's names out there that you, you fire him right now to go get but also, you can't fire him after the season and after a bowl game, and then be so right. far behind the thing. You know what I mean? So you hey, had to Stephen do it. Now. A says says Dion. <laughs> Let's move on. That would be my worst nightmare. I would switch. I would switch to a Duke football fan. I Deion, promise you that. Dion Sanders needs to worry, worry about being bowl eligible before we even think about him. Granted, he came from a one lost, one win team to now maybe making a bowl game. But he also has to face Utah, which that's not going to go well. Elko, listen, I texted you right when this happened. I was fishing yeah. and I got the alert. The first thing I did was text Walker and I said, we better be dang. I didn't say dang. We better be dang sure that we can get uh, Elko doing this. If we can get Elko, fine. Let's do my, it. I, I would love, I would hear mine. And I, this is just no backing, just my personal favorites. I would love Dan Lanning from Oregon. Yeah. I would like Mike Elko. I would like maybe E-Rob to see how he does the last next three weeks and he can com come up. I, I think he's one of the best op coaches in the all of college football. Doesn't know if he can be a good head coach. We, we'll see what the next three weeks. I think I like the DC from Georgia who used to be the, the director of player personnel there and got all those five stars to Georgia. Who's now their DC would love him. The uh, bowl at wish uh, Washington. And mm -hmm. I think that's my five. 
think those are think those are my guys. Also, if Dan Campbell, former AM Aggie, wants to come down, that would be sick. I'd be okay with that. And listen, at the end of the day, we just we need to get someone that can come in and start fast because recruiting is going to about to get a lot harder with Texas and OU coming to the SEC. It's about to it's about to be a war for all of the all of Texas recruits. But again, it's it's as much as we'll say. I also know that I've been clamoring to hear anyone's thoughts on the Jimbo news. So I figured most of our viewers, you know, being from Texas and involved in private are involved in college football would at least appreciate two uh two no names takes on it. But that's our opinion on the Jimbo firing and what should happen. Moving on to some private school football. We'll go back to our pick records from last week. And I, I I'm going to be honest. I don't toot my own horn a lot. I will this week. This is one of the best performances I have ever had on this show. I went 18 and three Walker went 15 and six. That brings the overall records. Walker is 171 and 53. I am 170 and 54. I think in Walker, I wouldn't have even known the stat had you not brought it up. Last week, I went undefeated in District 2, or sorry, Division 2, which also might be the first time that's ever happened on this show, because that's the division, as Ryan Schroeder said on the space last week, with the most parity. Like, there's a lot there, a lot of teams, there's not, not a lot of clear winners in those games. And also, I think that was partially, you know, due to some dumb luck with me being able to pick Grace, because I'll be honest, my brain was saying Midland, but my heart said Grace, and it worked. All that to say... Walker, the the pick race is now an actual race, and down to the last you know three weeks of the season, um, it's going to be competitive. Your thoughts? Yeah, I had like a six game lead or something at one point, right? And now you came back, and uh, man, if I choke this away, it's going to be a rough time for me in the comments or just in my life. Firstly, I cannot let the trophy away, like let it back into your hands. I just can't let it happen. I guess it's technically yeah, in your hands right now. You just lost it. Uh, uh, see, that's that's not true. That's that's a liberal lie. That is that is very false. But I I forget that you're a you are the only person on the podcast, including the ghost of Ryan Schroeder, that has never held the pick record trophy. So I I could be nice and just take my picks so we can all get the participation trophy. But I will fight tooth and nail to my death to get that trophy back in my hands that I probably will have to buy another copy of because I'm a moron. But that being said, that's all we have on the pick records. Close race. Very excited to see how it turns out. We will now move as always, into the TXPS Media Football Scoreboard to look at all of the games from the previous week, giving one sentence per game. So, starting with Nolan Catholic and Concordia Lutheran. Concordia beats Nolan 57-33. to It's a closer margin than expected. Yeah, it was close at halftime, but Tabor Tyson, or not Tabor Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> You're about three divisions off there. I am not on it. Uh, the, other, the other double alliteration Lou Lamar uh and company uh, uh gets the win here and their result or the reward is now they get to play Parish at home congratulations a heck heck of a reward indeed moving on and before we get into this game we want to say that our thoughts our prayers our condolences are with the second baptist community and family after the passing of dj hayden just a, a horrible horrible thing something that you can't prepare for and i know has rocked their community to its core but our thoughts everyone in the community's thoughts are with y'all we're praying for y'all uh we're here for y'all yeah um not much more to say to that i think wes said it perfectly just reiterating, then reiterating what he said, thoughts and prayers to their uh, the Second Baptist community and him to coach uh, to Coach Hayden and his family. Man, that's just is just a very sad thing uh, for this game. Big win for them. It was a middle kind of the middle of the day game, I guess five p.m. Uh, 
and it, it started out strong and I was watching the game and Ken Toon looked sharp. He looked very impressive and yeah, big, big win for second Baptist uh, still praying for the, them in the community. Absolutely. Moving on to the next game, San Antonio Christian beats Lutheran South 45 to 42. Thank you for the sake of my pick record. Yeah, that was a fun one. That was probably the best game of all of like all of, uh, private school football this week. That was a fun one watching it. I know Brady Robinson balled out for Lutheran South and the rest of that team, Jalen Bass. Shout out Jalen Bass, man. He's a dog. But Talon Loon, man, that, guy, that kid is just, he's really, really good. And I'm excited. You know, that's a great game. Barn burner and San Antonio Christian came out on top. I know that's more than one sentence, but I want to give those guys some flowers. <laughs> Absolutely. Next game, Liberty Christian beats Bishop Dunn 49 to nothing. Hopefully another Division II school has better luck next week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, interesting to see what Bishop Dunn does, does next year, but Liberty rolls. All Saints beats Faith 56 to 21. Honestly, it's more points scored by Faith than I expected. Hat tip to Clayton Sebecki. Yeah, Clayton Sebecki is one of the best to ever do it for the Lions. He deserves a lot of flowers that come his way. Um, man, what a player. Uh, best of luck at Air Force. Regents beats TWCA 45 to 7. <laughs> Burners, where you at? <laughs> Burners, where you at? Got to back my dog. There we go. Next game in the Battle of the Covenants. Dallas Covenant beats Colleyville Covenant 31 to 28. Uh, not on my bingo card, however. Great win for Dallas Covenant. Yeah, Covenant, uh, not Covenant. Dallas Covenant flipped the switch on this one. Big win for them. Next game, Grace Prep beats Brook Hill 37 to 13. Probably my worst pick um, of of the of the slate. I took Brook Hill. Uh, I'd say on name value, they they did um, perform well this year, but no match for Kane Lehu. Yeah, Kane uh, Lehu, man, so inspirational. That was one another game I really watched and uh, 57 yard run uh, in the third or fourth quarter, and then he got this game ceiling interception that was returned for six, like exceptional player he's making everything on the on the field uh it's gonna be an interesting matchup against tcs lubbock this week certainly so dc beats lake country christian 63 to 7 um before the game i told porter and nicks the imaginary spread was 41 and a half and they more than covered that salute dc <laughs> and that's a good imaginary spread uh great season for lake country just you know you, you got you got the short end of the stick and you had to play dc for round one we will skip geneva and brent Woodway. Wait, yeah, we did preview that. Correct. I'm losing my mind. Very good. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, next one. Bay Area Christian and JP2. Bay Area Christian beats John Paul II, 64 to 46. Sets up a great matchup with Holy Cross this week. Yeah, um, I'm excited. That's a that's another barn burner game. And Bay Area, man, sets up a good, it's a good squad. And they have a good game this week. Definitely. So Mercy Culture Prep falls to Lovett Christian, 55 to 14. Um. It's going to be interesting to see uh, Lubbock this week against Brazos Christian without Welker Horn at quarterback. Yeah, and, and Brazos, one team is really hot. One team is still hot, but not as hot with their starting quarterback. It's going to be interesting to see. Certainly. So uh, Temple Christian beats Shiner St. Paul 41-20. to um, Even though St. Paul's down this year, always a great win against such a perennial powerhouse. Yeah, uh, the the mighty have fallen. Shiner makes it out of the doesn't make it out of the first time. Or sorry, how the mighty have fallen. Shiner doesn't make it out of the first round, and I don't know how long in Division Four. So big win for Temple. 
Sacred Heart beats Rose Hill 34-2-7. Shout out to Sorzinski and company. Big win. Yeah, big, big win. And they now have the Battle of the Sacred Hearts this week. Houston Northland beats New Braunfels Christian 61-6. My Lord, it's a, it's a wide margin. Yeah, Rome, Stanford, and company, They those those dudes are dogs, and I'm excited to see how they play uh, again this week. Rises Christian blanks Waco Riker 59-2-0. One of the better uh, second half of the season resurgences that we've seen from any team in a long time. Yeah, they're they're clicking on all cylinders, and I'm excited to see if they can kind of upset Lubbock this week. It's going to be interesting to watch. Central Texas Christian beats Tyler TK Gorman 62-13. Uh, one Tyler school got it done for me this week. That's all I needed. Yeah, as long as you have Tabor Tyson on the field, good things happen, and you, they, they're in any game. So excited to see what they do. Certainly so. So with that being said, that concludes our rapid-fire recap of the scoreboard. Shout-out to Ryan Schroeder for putting that together. Hi, I'm Waverly West, a Texas private school media intern at a Brothers Christian School, and I'm going to be recapping Brothers Christian's huge win over Waco Bishop Riker this past Friday. Brothers Christian jumped on Riker early and then from then on was in the driver's seat the whole game. The score after the first quarter was 42 to nothing, and then the score going into halftime was 56 to nothing. Clearly, this was the perfect opportunity for Brothers Christian to get their underclassmen some experience. The underclassmen performed very well and really contributed to the outcome of the game. The sole Brothers Christian score in the second half came from a Samuel Seabolt field goal, and the final score was 59 to nothing, obviously in favor of Brothers Christian. The Brothers Christian defense allowed no points, and it was a great win for the Eagles. Now the Eagles will move on to the regional round where they will play Lubbock Christian in Brownwood this Friday. Lubbock Christian was the team that knocked Brazos Christian out of the playoffs last year. So it's going to be a very interesting game, and I am very excited to see who will win that game. That's all for now. Thanks for watching. We will now move into our recap of the five games we detailed last week, starting with, sorry, Walker, Southwest Christian versus Legacy Christian out of Frisco. Legacy proves District 2 did not hear the slander, and they obliterated SCS 31 to nothing, moving to 10-1 and on the year. It was the Ryan Wood show, quite frankly, Friday night. 151 receiving yards, a touchdown, a pick six. The kid is one of the most underrated athletes in the state, bar none. The ball gets in his hands. He makes plays, point blank, period. Freshman athlete Corian Gray is going to be elite. The freshman had a 27-yard touchdown reception and two interceptions and very close to a third on the game. He plays with an intelligence light years above kids his age. It's, it's honestly fantastic to watch. He's going to be good for a long time. Also, junior quarterback Ian Pulte is an absolute gamer, throws one of the best balls I on the move that I've seen this year. Very surprised I haven't seen more about him, more talk. He he is very, very good and a very good junior quarterback class. Also, Christian DeMore and Wes Norris were vital pieces of this team. Also, incredibly, all these guys are incredibly nice guys. Talked to them all after the game. Honestly thought I might get some flack because I underrated Lacey this year, but they were all incredibly nice and very, very um, made the experience great to go out there. I'll, I'll have to get out to Frisco more often. In terms of SCS, they just couldn't get anything going really on offense. Walker, you know it's kind of hard to play from behind in such a run-dominant offense, and that's just kind of what happened. They jumped on them early, and uh, and it's just kind of hard to claw their way back in the game. I've also got to shout out Bryce Anderson, if anyone, on uh, Southwest. He made an absolutely insane just you got moss level catch down at about uh the legacy 40 yard line fantastic athlete but all that being said uh, legacy gets a dominant win in the first round of the playoffs walker your thoughts 
yeah, uh, Frisco looked really, really good. And yeah, I picked SES, but Legacy definitely uh, showed why they were the number one team in that district. And they're a solid squad, and they were all year. And they, you know, 10 and 1. What a season for Legacy. I honestly don't remember the last time that happened under a new leadership, all of that. Just a great time. And shout out to the seniors for buying in so early and so quickly to turn this team season around. Absolutely. On the other side, yeah, sorry. Oh, no, no, I was going to say about SES for a second, unless you were going to go. Um, man, it's going to be, it's just, okay. So when we were in high school, uh, I wish we didn't run heavy offense because it just fit our school more, but I don't know if that's the case anymore. I don't know what you do because you have to have the offensive lineman, of course. Right. And then you have to have a nasty defense, which it, they do, but getting 31 piece, you can, the offense needs to be there. And for the past year, maybe two, it just hasn't been. And it, it starts with like, you know, we don't have an Antoine Polk. We don't have a Corey Harris. We don't have a um, a big running back that can really make or break this team, which we've had a transfer in every year that really set the stump. Fork Toller is a dog and he's going to be a good player for the for a couple more extra years. But from now going forward, you, you I think we might need to switch it up. I don't know yet, but like. I just don't know if that's the move because we have guys like Bryce Anderson, but I don't know if they get used enough to make them the most effective. I don't know. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because also Wes in that game, we lose, we didn't have our starting quarterback. He was out with injury. So like, you know, does that change anything? Probably not, but still like it's, it's an interesting thing, man. Um, You can't get shut out in multiple games this season and not call it a success. You know what I mean? So there has to be some changes, some things, because you have you have Bryce Anderson coming back, you have Bork Toller, and you have the big man himself, DJ Beasley, coming back. So you have key pieces to build around next year. It's just they need to figure it out so they, you know, make the playoffs next year and kind of rebuild with, especially with Liberty going out of district and also Legacy coming in. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, it certainly is. You know, the scheme always works until it doesn't. And I, I'm not smart enough to sit here and say, oh, SCS needs to do this. They need to do that. It's, yeah, it's going to probably take some some experimenting, try different stuff out. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see the direction that they go in for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't watch them on a week in and week out basis to really understand. But I'm going to I if I was the coaches over there, there's something that needs to be changed. I just get got to figure out what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But that's all we'll comment on on that game. We will move on to a Division One matchup, Bishop Lynch versus Central Catholic. And in a very close one, Lynch squeaks past Central 17-13. to 13. Will Estes kicked off the game with a touchdown run, followed by an Eric Gonzalez field goal. Junior Gabe Nimmo would ultimately seal this one with a pick six late in the fourth. And listen, it, the, the point of this is I got to give credit to the Lynch defense. It's a unit that has struggled mightily this year. They only give up 13 points to a fellow Division One playoff team. Obviously, Central's not the greatest team in the world, but still holding anyone to 13 in a playoff matchup is, is certainly formidable. So, Walker Lynch has an impressive performance this week. They knock off Central, uh, maybe a little bit closer of a margin. I thought they might score more points, but that's kind of grasping at straws. Your thoughts on a great win for Bishop Lynch? Yeah, shout out to them, man. It was a close game for the most of the game. I was trying to watch most of it. And yeah, Lynch, man, uh, get the win over the Division Three or sorry, not the Division Three, the 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 Southern squad. And yeah, they move on to the next round to play St. Thomas at, at St. Thomas. So 
Um, you know, they definitely probably wanted to put more points on the board, but still wins and a win, especially a playoff win, a uh, big, big win for them. Yeah. Hopefully they can parlay that defensive success into that matchup with St. Thomas, but it's gonna, it's gonna take a lot of defense to, to slow down that absolute powerhouse, but we'll see crazier things have happened. Moving on back down to division two for the first time in their history, grace community turns division two on its head and knocks off Midland Christian 33 to 28 to progress to round two of the taps playoffs. Junior quarterback McCade Stinson stepped up in a big way here with some tough running and goal line packages. While starter Zach Davis just got it done all night, had a fantastic touchdown run. I think, what was that, in the third quarter-ish? I don't remember if that was before half, Walker. Uh, Honestly, I do not know. I really don't. <laughs> and, and anyway, it, just a fantastic play that I was watching um, in breaks of the legacy game, just glued to my phone. If anyone, if anyone saw me on the sideline of the legacy game, uh, leading right up until kickoff in the entire halftime, I looked like this just the whole time. I looked like a, I looked like a hermit, but it was, it, it was well worth it. Also, senior running back Grant Turner is that dude. 144 yards in the game-winning touchdown. One of the best backs I have seen in a Cougar uniform. And if you follow Grace football, you know that is high, high praise. Also got to shout out Luke Wilson and the boys up front for paving the way for him. Aiden Hecht is a hoss as well. Maybe the best two-way player in that district. On the other side of the ball, you have to tip your cap to Colton Newsom and Briley Perez, two absolute game changers that I'm sad to see hang up the pads. Salute on great careers to both of those young men. Uh, Briley Perez... Um, had had a play walker that we both said after we saw it, we're like, that's game, Midland wins. I mean, he's just an absolute yeah. freak. Colton Newsom was what's unstoppable that game as well until unfortunate hand injury took him out of it. But at the end of the day, Cougars get their first win over Midland Christian to advance to a date with Liberty Christian. Walker Lot, your thoughts? Yeah, big, big win for Grace. Uh, you know, that's a monumental win for them. Um, and it's just it's just going to be interesting to see how they keep going and use that game that toughness that they have to their advantage. On the other side, yeah, Colin, you know, has been a guy that we've been we've loved forever, and you know, it's a sad to see him finally hang up the pads. And the best best wishes to you, man. Uh, you know, you're we're always here for you, man. But after he kind of got hurt in that third or fourth quarter, their offense kind of kind of didn't really know what to do without the guy kind of running the ship all year, and you know, they try to get it to Briley Perez, which one of those Briley Perez got it, and they ran 70 yards, like you said, but um, their offense was just dysfunctional and that just in the time that you really didn't need it to be. And yeah, with Grant Turner, that that last second run up the middle, man, GT went home. I mean, it was an amazing game. What a, That was an awesome game. Not just like for Grace, it was just a great football game as well. It absolutely was. It um, like I said, I was on the sideline during halftime of the legacy game, just like literally glued to my phone. Cause normally during halftimes, I'll I'll go. I've got a running thing. I, I start I started ranking all the burgers I've had at different um private school stadiums, I like to mingle with fans and stuff. But that game, I didn't move from my spot on the track for like for the entire 25 minute halftime. I was glued to my phone. It was a fantastic game that I was happy the Cougars were on the winning side of. Got to shout out Brandon Brunson on the call. Like I said yeah. on the space, in a world where in a world of a lot of really bad broadcasts that are hard to listen to, Brandon Brunson's an absolute pro. I mean, he sounds like sounds like Eric Nadell for the Rangers on the mic out there. Just absolute stud pro, fantastic. Favorite guy to hear call games. Shout out Brandon Brunson. But the, wait, that being said, 
since you asked or since you brought it up, what is the best burger you've had at a stadium so far? It's it's very close between Grace and Fort Worth All Saints. All Saints' mm. setup is is ridiculous. They've got this thing called the Pit, where um it was it was donated to them. It's like a it's a competition level uh trailer with like a smoker as as big as this living room inside of it, dude. They that it's fantastic. I might have to give the edge to All Saints. Both All Saints and Grace's burgers are like better than a lot of restaurants I've gone to. Everything besides theirs falls to the wayside. I'm I'm tired of paying eight dollars for terrible ham uh, hamburgers, but I must keep ranking them. You'll probably see um that's probably a no context tweet that he will do <laughs> that I will tell him um my rankings of the burgers and he will tweet them out. But that being said, we will, we will move on into the next game. Brentwood versus Geneva. Jacob Rosensteel rushes for 266 yards as a quarterback and accounts for all four Eagle touchdowns as Geneva tops Brentwood 31-14. KP Fitzgerald has nine grabs for 86 yards as he and sophomore J.M. Raimondo both grab touchdowns from Rosensteel. Also, senior Jake Plesso comes up with 12 tackles and two tackles for loss as this was a solid performance to send Geneva into the second round. So, Walker, great performance from Geneva. A little bit of a little bit of interest in the D three bracket. They will move on to a matchup with Cyprus. Your thoughts on the game? Yeah, uh, I knew J- Jacob Rosenteel was a dude, but I, I mean, he stood up and showed out, and he's done that all year, man. Shout out to him. He's been a sensational player. He was an he was an invitee to our QB retreat. He just couldn't make it, and man, I, I'm I want to go see him, man. But okay. You're gonna have to tell me, Jacob, if you if you pay if you listen to this, because we all th- I thought you were 25. I thought you were a junior, but your bio says you're 24. Like, did you whatever? Just let me know because I'm con- kind of confused on that. But, um, yeah, man, what a what a player, what a season for him, and they just keep rolling with him, man. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how he does. I know who do they play next week? Uh, Cyprus, Cyprus, which Cyprus is Cyprus, but. If you know, if he keeps having these other world worldly performances like he does a lot of weeks, you never know, man. Yeah, no, it'll certainly be interesting. Anything can happen on any given Friday. However, we will move on into the last matchup, a D2 matchup that we will recap. Fort Ben Christian versus Hyde Park. And I don't know if I believe in deja vu, but the Eagles are making a case here. Fort Bend Christian's back half resurgence continues with a dominant 41 to nothing shutout of Hyde Park in round one. Walker, this game was was 69 to nothing last year. And listen, I I, I was a I was doubtful of this at first. Um, the Eagles season is really, really reminiscent of what it was last year, starting very slow and then having a great performance. Just like last year, they only have one loss to Second Baptist. The playoff trajectory is the exact same. They played Hyde Park first round. They're going to match up with the region second round. I mean, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm i also saying this. I couldn't find stats on the game, so that's why you're not getting an in-depth uh, recap. But, I mean, Walker, Fort Bend, I mean, I, again, I've said very publicly, it's not the same team as last year. I, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. They're looking pretty similar if we're just looking at numbers. Yeah, I like we've said for the past couple of weeks, they finally found their identity. That TWCA game kind of where I was at showed like, all right, we're going to run the football and we're going to run it really, really well. And they have a great offensive line and they're going to continue to just be very, very solid. And I mean, with Max Granville being as versatile as he is now, 
I don't know if he's still playing lineup or linebacker or if that was just a TWCA game thing. Uh, but just having a guy like him on that defense with Jimmy Ducksworth and everyone else, Bjornard and everyone else, like, I mean, they're so solid, man. And it's going to be interesting to see how they do against a matchup like we have this week that is going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. That will be a fun one to preview, but we will get to that when we get to it. So that being said, that actually concludes all of our recaps from the past week. We will now run through our other news segment beginning. Yes, it's back this week. I know we didn't have them last week i got some dms that were very disappointed i didn't even realize people paid attention to this segment but as always do they cover so starting with the team that started the entire segment dallas christian does dallas christian cover this week they are 41 and a half point favorites versus covenant in the D3 bracket. Uh, I'm just going to say a resounding yes. I would take this number as high as about 50 because that seems to be um, as much as DC beats anyone by. Yeah. Uh, 100%, 100%. It's going to take the over or he, they're definitely going to cover. Absolutely. We should start. Maybe we'll make over unders for these games. That might, that might be be inching too close to, to to sports gambling so we'll just leave it as we'll just leave it as a uh, spreads for now but moving on into the second game does parish episcopal cover this week they are 41 and a half point favorites versus concordia lutheran absolutely yeah they they cover this without a doubt yeah they do but that line is really st- still pretty high i think it's gonna be closer than you think but i still think they cover Moving on into the next game, does dang it, does Liberty cover? They are a thirty-five. They are thirty-five and a half point favorites versus Grace. Um, mm, you gonna do it? Yeah, I, I I did all the raw raw stuff last year or last week versus Midland. Um, we were talking before episode debating if this Liberty team could beat twenty seventeen Cedar Hill. Um, all that to say is, yeah, they they cover a thirty-five and a half. Point point spread versus grace just some transitive property they beat they beat legacy like 51 to nothing legacy beat grace by two points i don't know i i love grace to death but it's liberty they've only scored less than 42 all season once and that was against esd which is interesting enough but um yeah they're gonna cover man i'm sorry I know. I don't know. I don't know if Grace scores, dude. That defense is so nasty. Um, yeah, it's a sad day, but I, I hope I I hope I'm proven wrong. I would like nothing. I will be the most insufferable person on the planet if Grace somehow beats Liberty. But you know, boy can dream. Moving on into the last matchup, does Dallas First Baptist cover a 31 and a half point spread versus Fort Worth Temple Christian? This is literally stealing money. Hammer uh, First Baptist to cover. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be a lot of points for First Baptist. Also, um, I feel like with that last statement, I should also reiterate, um, no actual money on this game. Uh, it's a figure of speech. Nobody, there's no money traded, at least that Walker and I know about regarding the spreads. Also, um, reiterating, we don't make the spreads. If you cover a spread that's on here, go chirp Massey ratings. The computer generates this. Walker and I that's have a- nothing to do. That's a great line, by the way. I want to give credit to them because last the last game, First Baptist, it was 40 to 7. So that is what? A 30... 33. Yeah. So that was a pretty good line. Pretty yeah. good line by the computers. 
I think it'll be much worse. But yeah, don't game, gamble but, with the money. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't don't don't, do don't gamble. I mean, I, I don't care if you gamble if you're of age. Just don't gamble on private school sports. That's the only thing we're liable you for. You can't here. do it in Texas. Can't do it in Texas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can't do it in Texas. Uh, sorry, I'm going to – before I get in any trouble, <laughs> I'm going to get off that spot. And we will we will move in to our – my favorite part of the week, our games of the week. But not before we have a quick word from our sponsor, High Point Signs and Apparel. Walker, you are rocking the shirt. You will rarely ever see Walker or I not rocking – the shirt, the hoodie, the hat. We have guys um, throughout private school that said they they love rocking the merch. And that was all made possible by High Point. We had we had a pretty good idea of the vision that we wanted, but we had no idea how we wanted to execute that, make it come to life. And High Point filled in all the blanks for us very seamlessly. They're so easy to work with. They don't miss deadlines. They provide exceptional customer service. They will meet or beat any prize. They also create online stores that can provide your employees with apparel or they can be profit centers. We have beaten this horse to death almost, but it's only because it's true and we don't endorse things that we don't support or haven't used ourselves. High Point is fantastic. Walker Lot, your thoughts on High Point Signs and Apparel? I mean, what more can I say about them, man? They're phenomenal to work with. They're great quality uh, and they're great customer service. And it was just so much fun to work with them. Excited to keep working with them. And like you said, like, it's not just our people saying their stuff is legit. It's people that we, that bought from our store and say, oh, their stuff is legit. So, um, talk to people that are bought it around the state. If you need playoff playoffs are here, state championships are coming up. If you make the state championship, if you need playoff shirts, state championship shirts, if you need a sign to put in your gym or back home to give to your son or daughter for their state champions, go talk to high point signs and apparel. They'll help you out. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You find me a more comfortable shirt or hoodie than ours. I I will, I will give you, I don't know. I'll give you, I'll give you $10. I don't know. I, I promise you it's the most comfortable stuff you'll ever put on as all made possible by high point. Go to the link in our description. High points website is right there. Schedule a consultation or appointment with them. They are fantastic. So thank you yet again to high point signs and apparel for sponsoring this episode. All right. We're going to get into our five games of the week, but not before we introduce a very special guest, a division two state champion, our Texas private school media MVP, Brady Dever, current Brown quarterback playing division one ball. Brady, number one, how are you? Number two, how's uh, how's Rhode Island treating you? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, last game of the season, coming off a big win over my uh, fellow teammate, Braylon Gardoni in, in the big Columbia overtime victory. Um, one more game left against Dartmouth, you know, doing good, you know, Rhode Island's a, a big change from, uh, from back home, the big, big weather difference, you know, I could walk outside right now and I think it's snowing, but, um, other than that, everything's great, you know, having fun, big, big difference up here, but it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. I will ask, there's a lot of, you know, banter between, you know, Southern people and East Coast people about what's worse, the the heat or the cold. What's worse to you, like Texas summers or like Rhode Island? I guess you haven't experienced a winter yet, but but really cold Rhode Island weather. No, this this New England cold is, is maybe one of the worst things ever. <laughs> uh, this is it's not fun. These practices being being a Texas boy, it's not. I miss <laughs> I miss my 80 degrees during during November and this time of the year and it's it's like 26 degrees out right now so and it gets all it gets windy but oh well 
I miss I miss my my uh, weather from back home, but it uh yeah ab- absolutely. But yeah, Brady, I I will I will say just before we get into some of the games, I just want to pick your brain a little bit. We don't, we haven't had a lot of people on this program that have you know had the success that you did playing ball in taps. Mm-hmm. I want to ask like first of all, you played with some of the most elite offenses and receiving cores that I've seen, the one that comes to mind really is your junior season with Creatin, with, I think it was Donovan Dixon, Gardoni and, um, and Domino. What was it like throwing to all those guys from just from a guy that sat and watched it? It just looked like he was just like a kid in a candy shop. You know, that was, that was a very, very fun time for me. Cause I didn't have to do much. I just kind of had to give them, give them the ball. Um, you know, and I had such great relationships with all of them, which played a huge part in it. Um, and I think that was uh, really undervalued. And looking at back at it with, you know, growing up with Marcus and uh, going to school with Brian for so long and my relationship with Braylon and, you know, Donovan coming in late, but me building a relationship with him pretty early on and throughout the summer, you know, I it was a lot of fun, you know, throwing to all of them and it, it really helps. Um, it really helps me out a lot because you know I can put my trust in them, and if I mess up, then I know they got my back. So it, it makes it it makes things a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine. I, I have a lot of things I want to ask, but I'll save some of them. Walker, lot. Give anything you want to you want to bring up to our our special guest. Nah, I, I mean I think we're just ready to go, man. Uh, yeah, we'll talk more about the the game at the end of the one, so a lot more later. So let's just let's let's head it off with the first one. Absolutely. So we will get straight into the game, starting with Northland Christian versus Central Texas Christian. A little bit of Division Four action. Central Texas is a six and a half point favorite in this one. Both of these teams fresh off round one wins. Two of the most underrated squads in D four will square off this Friday in Caldwell. These teams are very similar. So let's do some transitive property analysis. I, I literally built a spreadsheet to do this. I had way too much time on my hands, but we'll get straight into it. There are one, two, three, four, four common opponents for Central Texas and Northland, Brazos Christian, Legacy Prep Magnolia, New Braunfels Christian, and Sacred Heart. Brazos Christian, uh, Central Texas beat 46 to 28. Northland lost 28 to 21. Legacy Prep, Central Texas beat 35 to 19. Legacy Prep lost 14 to 13. New Braunfels Christian, Central Texas beat 49 to 16. New Braunfels Christian beat 47 to 7. And finally, Sacred Heart, Central Texas lost 31 to 14. Sacred Heart, I mean, Northland lost 23 to nothing. So it's a lot of words, what it means. At the end of the day, in these games, Central Texas was had 144 points for, 94 points against. Uh, Northland had 81 points for, 72 points against. Point differential for Central Texas was plus 50. For Northland, it was plus nine. All this to say, I love Tabor Tyson, and I'm not going to act like I'm smarter than the numbers. I'm taking Central Texas here. I think it'll be a close game, but... Uh, if I spent 30 minutes to make the spreadsheet and all the analysis, I'm not going to go against what it tells me. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Central Texas in this game. I, I like that squad a lot. Uh, that's a good. That's I, I like the numbers, and, and now I'm like I'm on the document, so I see the whole t- uh, table that he did. It's very impressive. Shout out the finance you. Um, for for the for my pick, I mean I like Coach Allen and that Northland squad. I think Rome Stanford's a dog over there at DB. That young kid, and 
I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna follow you because I love Tabor Tyson. And I think that squad is really good. Tristan Eanes and everyone else over there, they're a good squad, and I think Central Texas Christian gets the job done here. Yeah, absolutely, Brady. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make you sound like a Division Four expert. It's it's a division of taps that not a lot of people know about, except Walker and I and the guys that live in it. But long story short, this is gonna be a very close game, so it's gonna be hard to go wrong with whatever team you take here. No, I have no clue about either team. You know, I've played at Northland Christian. I've played at their field. So I'm going to have to go with the Houston boys. I'm going to have to go with Northland Christian. Barry, I'm really glad you did that. There's a running thing on the show that whenever we have three guests and all three pick the same team, that team ends up losing and we get hammered yeah. on Twitter. You, you've you taken part in uh, in probably trashing us on Twitter after we pick, yeah. after we do all that right. pick. But yeah, I'm very, I'm very glad you took Northland there. That that saves us from, from slander on Twitter later. But that, that being said, we will move into the next game, which is Bay Area versus San Antonio Holy Cross. There is no spread for this game, sadly. So two criminally underrated Division Three squads will face off Friday as Holy Cross takes on Bay Area. Walker, you want a stat? Tell me a stat, my guy. Holy Cross has outscored district opponents on average 68 to 9. 68 to 9. That last win against Geneva was against a Geneva team who had a pretty convincing first round win that we detailed earlier. I think it's time to start talking about Holy Cross as legit contenders in this division, let alone just the South. Gibby Alvarado, Daniel Perez, Nicholas Hall, all of them dogs, the most electric offense in the South. I think Bay Area is solid and also has one of the better offenses in D4, but I think their defense just isn't close to Holy Cross. I think that is ultimately what wins Holy Cross the game here. Give me San Antonio Holy Cross. Uh, Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. These are battle two teams that always face each other in this round to see who makes the semifinals. It happens almost every year. It's going to be interesting to see who kind of comes out on top in this one, but I've been very, very impressed with Gibby Alvarado all year uh, for the past couple of years. He just keeps getting better and better, and he's one of the most underrated guys in San Antonio. Give me him and the rest of that team. Nick Hall coming over, and Danny, Daniel Perez. Uh, Patrick Ortiz, I believe, is another name over there. They have a good, good squad, and I'm excited to see what they do, man. It's just a good squad, and I'm excited to see them uh, win for the 2 one Absolutely. Brady, have you played at either Holy Cross or Bay Area, and what will you be picking based on that? Um, I've played at the Bay Area baseball field, and I was not mm-hmm. a big fan of it. And we always – it was always a tough game against them. Uh, baseball-wise, they're actually very, very good. Yeah. Um, but I always hated going down there. So I'm going to have to go to Holy Cross. I'm going to have to follow you all. There we go. Well, first of all, I, I hate you doing that because that puts all three of us on Holy Cross, which scares me immensely. But I also like <laughs> no, you going against that. <laughs> I yeah. also forget you signed to Brown for baseball as well. You also had, I, I think I, I sorry, not me. I think no context um, quote tweeted a bat flip you had last season that I think might have almost gone into orbit. What, what was the mindset of that ball leaving your bat and then just the immediate just haul? So, so that was against LSA. And LSA is like a huge baseball school and they're very good. Right. Oh, yeah. And they were like predicted like to like win state and all that. And I was just like, they were kind of, it was a rubbing me the wrong way. And the, like the, the first at bat of that game, I hit lead off this year. And like my first at bat, I had, uh, I'd hit like a double off the wall. And, and I was like, is this ball going to go? And I accidentally flipped my bat, like a, a minimal one on the first going to the second. 
and I had the, I had a double and the kid like tried to tag me after I was already on the bag. So it was like, made me mad. And then the inning before they put up like three runs with two outs on like a butt. And mm. I was hitting the next inning and the kid had like threw a fastball down the middle. And I was like, what are you doing? And I hit it. And I saw it. And I was like, I'm throwing this bat as far as I can. <laughs> and, and then my coach, I got intentionally walked my next to a bat. So we ended up beating them like 12 to six. And then, I posted it like everywhere on TikTok, like Twitter. And my coach was like, you're going to get thrown out the next game. And like the first pitch of the game, I had like fastball up and in. They came <laughs> at me and they were throwing a kid going to Texas. And then I hit a double off of him, like two at bats later. And I, I threw the horns down at him. <laughs> and it, it was, uh, I don't know. I never liked playing them in baseball. Football, they suck, but baseball, <laughs> baseball, they always kiss, but. I got him this year. That's fair. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that, that is one of the reasons I always liked. I liked covering y'all because you and the entire team like always play with a huge chip on your shoulder whenever I saw it in mm -hmm. football. And I, I liked it because it reminded me of a of a much better version of me. I played the same <laughs> way in high school. I was a lot of referees and opponents hated me and I probably I wasn't nearly good enough to back it up. But it, it kind of makes me smile uh, seeing just kind of pettiness and spite in football. Yeah. It might be the that's probably not the best analyst thing to say but it's a kind of a, a look into the way i thought but that's that's hilarious moving on into the third game trinity christian out of lubbock versus grace prep tcs is a 28 and a half point favorite so now we're flipping to the opposite side of the d3 bracket tcs lubbock will attempt to beat grace prep for a second time this season this was a defensive battle a few short weeks ago as tcs stifled grace prep 13 to 12 Ooh. you can't talk about this game without mentioning caden lahew the former receiver has switched to quarterback this season for the Lions, but that hasn't hindered his ability to showcase his athleticism in the slightest. Going for 219 yards on the ground against Brookhill last week, Grace Prep is going to lean heavily on Lakehue and junior Bryce Prince's rushing ability in this one. However, if there's any defense that can stop it, it's a TCS squad only giving up 12 points per game. Sophomore Joshua Moreno, Benjamin Bruce, senior Bryce Hale, quarterback Eli Reeves. TCS has quietly dominated opponents this season, but it's hard to beat a team twice. But I think TCS is going to do it. I, I don't know. I, I don't ever really like um, picking a team that won a close game to turn around and beat a team again. I do think it's hard to beat a team twice, as we saw second Baptist and Fort Bend last season. Um, I, I don't know. I, I could be getting a little too far out here, but I'm going to take TCS Lubbock. I like that defense a lot. I think, you know, all of us that live in metropolitan areas are a little bit biased by against TCS because we can't follow them as closely out in Lubbock. All I have to say is I like Trinity Christian to win this game. I'm going to go against you. And for one reason, Kaden Lahue. Yeah, this is the this is the type of game where it's going to be the best player on the field is going to make the best plays, and the fact that they move Kane Lehu to run a uh, quarterback now and his ability to be able to just kind of determine the game how he wants to play it, whether that's passing or throwing the ball, or sorry, whether that's passing or running the ball, um, he's he's going to make his his impact, and also Bryce Prince right right next to him and the receivers they have. They're going to be a solid squad, and I think they get it done here. Uh, the fact that it was that close of a game last time, 13-12, to 12, means I think this is a coin flip, and I think the ability of Kane Lehu moving the quarterback, I think, changes this game for their favor. 
Absolutely. That is interesting. All right, Brady, I promise this is the last non-Division II game that we'll have. So, again, this is kind of the same as last one. You can pick either TCS Levick or Grace Prep. It's it's You can't go wrong either way. You know, I'm reading I'm reading your script here. Um, TCS, 28 and a half is kind of crazy. Um, so if you lose with 28 and a half points, I think you just deserve to lose. So I'm going to have to go with TCS. So a fair point. There we go. Yeah. And again, I want to take this opportunity to say yet again to everyone, we, we don't make the spreads. We continually nope. get chirped over and over by teams that cover the spreads. Go yell at Massey <clears throat> ratings and the computers that make these. We don't make them. We, we don't support gambling on private school sports. We just report what the computers say. So that being said, we will move into some Division Two action, which I am personally very excited for, starting in the North with Frisco Legacy versus Fort Worth All Saints. All Saints is a 33.5-point favorite. So moving up to D2, we have a sneaky underrated matchup between District 2 champions Legacy Christian and District 1 runner-ups Fort Worth All Saints. I'm going to save you the whole District 2 versus District 1 uh, matchup things. We've kind of beat that to death in the last couple episodes. But... Round one proved that District 2 is much improved relative to last year. However, there's no question that All Saints is the more talented team in this matchup. Keldon Ryan is talented enough to win games by himself, and he's certainly not alone in this endeavor. With Reed Watkins, Kamonte Williams, Dougie Dodder, this is one of the most talented offenses we have seen in recent memory. You factor in a defense of Kevin Dodder, Darius Colquatt, Ryan Neander, and many, many others. This team would be a clear title favorite if not for Liberty Christian. However, Legacy has some dogs of their own. Ryan Wood, Ian Pulte, Christian Demore, Wes Norris, and Corey and Gray. All of these guys prove that this is not the Legacy from last year. I already talked about it at the top of the episode. These guys are fantastic. They're underrated. The question is, what All Saints team are we going to get? Are we going to get the All Saints team that came out and hung with Liberty for three quarters and only we're down five going into the fourth or we're going to get the all saints team that shot themselves in the foot in the fourth quarter and got outscored like 28 to nothing it's interesting um i don't know i think this game i don't think this is a 33 and a half point margin of victory for either team um i think it's going to be closer than expected i just can't bet against all saints in this spot there's too much talent i think they're going to kind of fix some of those mistakes that hampered them against liberty legacy is great it's just so much talent on all saints i like all saints to win the game yeah i'm i'm gonna pick the same but i'm gonna say this is a blowout again i think all saints is gonna kill them i i really think they're on a they're on a hot streak right now since the close game with midland a couple weeks ago they've been on a tear and i mean if you want to do transitive property they beat my eagles a lot more than frisco did i mean just point blank period and I think Kellen Ryan and the rest of this offense is just going to score a lot of points. And, you know, you have a great linebacking tandem at Frisco Legacy, but that helps when they're facing a run-based team. This, this team is a not a run-based team. They're going to throw the ball all over the place. And even Reed Watkins is probably one of the better running backs they've faced all year. So um, I, I just think this is going to be a really, really solid game for Fort Worth All Saints. And um, I'm gonna hand it, before I hand it off to you, uh, Brady, talk about that team. I know you face you face this team last year in the state championship. Talk about that team and any memories you remember from that game. Um, playing them, so there was a state championship last year against All Saints, and I, the biggest point going into them was how big they were. They were massive last year. I don't know if the, any of those dudes are still there, but I remember seeing their like offensive line and warm ups being like 
these dudes are these dudes are big. And then um a fellow Ivy League player, Princeton Robert Sanders, yeah, uh, who plays linebacker over there. He he was a big point uh, you know, going into that game. You know, obviously he graduated. I haven't followed him a lot since, but um they they were very they were a very physical team and they were also super fast. Um and it sounds like y'all are saying like the new the quarterback transfer they have, um, and just the offensive firepower kind of reminds us of how 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 kind of like Fort Ben was uh the previous years, which is how fast we played and, and all that. Um so I mean All Saints is my pick. Um, you know, if there happens to be another Fort Ben All Saints rematch, you know who I'm gonna have to go with, you know, back to back years. Um, so I'm gonna go with All Saints. Yeah, that is – I mean, we're all on that side. It's a smart pick. Walker, I mean, to your point about transitive property, um, by the margin – so All Saints and or All Saints and Midland, what was that, like a seven-point game? Yeah. Something around that. Well, I mean, Legacy beat Grace by two. Grace beat Midland by, like, I don't know, five, six. So, I mean, it's it takes a little bending, but if you want to look at transitive property the other way, it could be close. I'm just saying – I think there is a universe where All Saints blows them out of the water. And I think there's also a universe where Legacy keeps this close. What universe are we going to get? I don't know. I'm not I'm not a astronomer, astrologer. I'm not smart enough to know where we're going to be living. But we'll see. I think it could be close or it could be nuts. But that's all we'll talk about regarding that. And now we get into, I'm sure, what Brady's been waiting for the entire time. And honestly, what I think we've all been waiting for. Austin Regents versus Fort Bend Christian Academy. Fort Bend is a half-point favorite, and to be completely honest, I don't know where they came up with that. No offense, Brady. I don't think Fort Bend should be should be favored in this game, not giving away my pick. But, Brady, I will hand this to you first with a question. I That is still – that um quarterfinal matchup I watched last year is still the greatest game I've ever covered live, especially that last drive, you hitting Curry – just everything that went into it. What's your memory from what sticks out to you from that last game and especially the game winning drive? So this game was my favorite, favorite game in all my three years at Fort Ben. Um, better than the state game, everything. Um, the biggest thing I had from this game was I had my 80 yard touchdown first play of the game. I getting yeah. mauled on the sideline. It was freezing. I had like my shiesty mask on. I couldn't catch my breath. I threw up for like five straight minutes on the sideline. I'm just sitting over there on the trash can, throwing up the whole time. And my mom was yelling, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. Holding my thumb up. And the trainer was leaving me alone. And I just like, was like, I better, I better get this together pretty quick. Um, so that, that was, it started off crazy right away. And then um, that last drive, you know, I talked to Tyler before this, um, I was on the phone with him and you know, he came in, he came in huge that last drive. And I remember the, like the first play of this drive, um, it was, it was a play Y sale. It was Brian ran a 10 yard out on the right hash and going out of bounds. He was hit late and his shoulder went out of place and he had to come out and James came in his place and they hadn't been pressing much the whole game. And Tyler was one-on-one on the outside. And I hadn't, like, gone to him the whole game. There was no safety over there. And then Tyler made a beautiful catch on the sideline and got his got his feet in. And then uh, we came to another, like, fourth down. 
I think we were down like four points, so we couldn't kick a field goal. And uh, we ran, we ran a play, and they had like dropped, like dropped eight, and they had gotten pressure somehow. And I remember taking off running, and uh, y'all tweeted it, and someone from my school had retweeted it. I ran a kid over, and I was like screaming at him. It's something I can't say on the camera, <laughs> but uh, I was yelling at him, and we picked up the first down. And then the uh, the score the game winning touchdown. I remember I was gonna go to Brian because like it's Brian, like no one's gonna cover him, and they like triple teamed him. And then I was like, "Where's Braylon?" And Braylon's triple team. Then there was like a dude in my face, and then a Tyler's wide open in the back of the end zone, and he obviously you know caught the game winning touchdown. It was just crazy. You know, that was one of like that was my favorite high school memory playing football. It was better than state. It, it was. It was a very emotional game. Um, you know, I remember Regents um, sitting. We had left. It was like an hour and a half after the game, and every single one of their players was on the field still after we left. You know, so obviously it was a very emotional game, and they'll they'll want to get back at us this year, but we'll see how that goes. And Absolutely. I want to I add, like, okay, like, is that a game where, like, because this is not a game that, like, it, y'all have – Y'all, this is a game that almost happens pretty much every playoffs. Like, this is a game that y'all know each other very well, whether it's y'all versus them or second bats versus them. It's always Houston versus Austin every single year, basically. Is this a game that, like, adds a little bit more juice to it every year than a typical playoff game, do you think? Or is this more of a just, like, this is just, all right, next man up, you just got to get through this team? This is, There was a lot of um, – there was a lot of energy going into this game. And I remember we had a we had a horrible warm-ups in this game. It was and we were playing in like we we're playing in like LaGrange, we we're playing in like the middle of nowhere and it was raining and it was mm-hmm. just like terrible weather. And we they were out there warming up with their shirts off and they were mm-hmm. doing some weird, weird stuff before the game. And I was like, these kids, like, what are they doing? And it kind of just rubbed everyone the wrong way. And you know, it it started from the first snap the first kickoff you know we had felt that energy and we kind of carried it throughout the whole game and you know the first me me going for like 80 yards the first play of the game obviously helps that a lot but you know that whole week of practice everyone was just you know locked in um we kind of had that saying like last year as a team we always talked about being like locked in and that was like truly one of the games where everyone was ready and it was Almost like like you were also talking about the next next man up kind of thing. We had some injuries in that game. Kids had to come in, but uh, there was a lot of energy going into that game. As it's kind of from from second round and then to playing second Baptist in the um, semifinal back to back years. Um, those two games have have had the most energy that I've ever I've ever played in, especially my senior year. Um, you know, I love Jackson, but him transferring over to Second Baptist, that didn't help him in this scenario. And there was a lot of, you know, chit-chat going on before the game and, you know, the weeks, the, the days leading up before the game. Even Regents texting me. They're like, their uh, student section had uh, texted me like, uh, it was like that Monday or Sunday. It was like, enjoy your last week of practice. And I never <laughs> answered it. And I was like... I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna let them 
let them remember this. And I remember I'd walk, I'd, there was also like one of the best student sections I'd played. I'd, I ran out of bounds on their sideline and their student section was just chipping at me the whole time. And <laughs> it was just, both of those two games are always very chirpy. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of like energy in these games and it, it was some of the most fun games of my life. For sure. So knowing that energy level and how how juice this matchup is every year, what do you think is the message Coach Black is giving to the team and also just kind of the the mindset going into a game that is so familiar yet so just raucous every single time it's played? Um, you know, the big thing is we, especially my junior year, we would kind of just go out there and think if we would beat every single team. Um, just because of how skilled we were. But last year, we weren't as talented as, like, the previous years. And it was more just sticking together and believing in one another. Um, and the, the four band teams we had when I was there, like, we were very weird. And Coach Blackley would say, like, embrace being weird. Um, and, you know, that's kind of just, like, the teams we were, like the VAM squad stuff, you know, so much fun. It was, it was kind of just, like, who we were. And we and we embrace that, and um, you know that team, those teams would stick together. And I think that was a big part of it um, going into the game in the practice weeks, um, just not to get ahead of ourselves. You know, obviously we beat them last year, and they were all, they obviously took that to heart and were, were on the sideline for a long time, and you know they had this game circled. You know, I've I've already talked to Jacob Wilburn this week, and he he. Uh, he has his opinion on the game. I have my opinion. Um, but, you know, it's it's obviously very emotional and he can – Coach Black uh, will have all, have all the guys ready and I know the result is going to happen, so – Man, it'll it's certainly going to be interesting. So, as for the actual game, you know, after starting the season zero and four, Fort Bend has responded by posting a six and one record to end the season. Yet again, Brady, something you're familiar with, not necessarily starting zero and four, but having a slow start mm-hmm. and then just blitzing through district. Listen, moving Max Granville around on defense has helped them tremendously. I know at least for TWCA, and I don't know about following that. They moved him, you know, out of that end spot more to the middle of the field to allow him, you know, not to get you know triple teamed every play, and that seems to help them a lot that's also the impact of Romarion Tillman and Jordan Montanez it can't be overstated both those guys can tote the dadgum rock however Regents is nasty this year there's no denying that sophomore Quinn Murphy has led Regents to a 10-1 record and they're averaging 50 points a game on the season which is hard to ignore however I think the most impressive part of this night's team could be their defense Jacob Wilburn and company are holding teams under 13 points per game they pitched three consecutive shutouts in district play I'm also grateful for them um, knocking TWCA out after uh, the messages I received from TWCA burners before that game it was a fun time but all that being said you know it's it's tough uh, I was I picked Regents and was wrong um in this game last year. However, like I mentioned before on the space, um, there there's no Brady Dever on this team. There's no Brian Domino. It's it's there's still a Tyler Curry and a Max Granville who are fantastic athletes in their own right. I just I don't think it's quite the same team, even with all the parallels that we're seeing from last year. I'm gonna have to take Regents. You know, it's the quote unquote smart analyst pick. Um, I think I'm really interested to see because this is the litmus test to see how far Fort Bend has improved 
um, this season. And it's it, there's no better team to do it against than Regents. But formal pick, Regents, um, very scared about the possibility of what could happen, though. Walker Lott. This is a good one. And, um, you know, I've seen both of the – I've seen Fort Bend and I've seen Regents this year, and both teams look really, really strong. I think that offense for Qu- with Quinn Murphy and company – uh, not just Quinn, but his receivers and the running back, uh, um, Chili Sire and everyone else. They're a good squad, man. And But the one thing that kind of scared me when I'm watching against St. Thomas was their offensive line. They're not necessarily the biggest offensive line they've ever had. They lost a lot of seniors last year with Walker Peltry and everyone else. And there's one guy on the other side of Fort Bend that I would not want to play against any day of the week. And that's Max Granville. Not just him. You also have Jimmy Ducksworth on the other side. Uh, Bjornard, is that his name? What's the, the other defensive lineman? Uh, Jacob Bjornfeld. Yes, exactly. They yeah, have a good, they have a very good defensive line. And if you if you solidify, if you make Quinn Murphy uncomfortable, I think they have a chance in this one. And there's not a better defensive line to do that. And probably TXPS besides the up, you know, going in the north. Then for Ben, and I mean, I'll take Max Granville showed up big last game in this matchup, and I think he's going to do it again. And for that reason, I'm going to go with the green and gold. Give me, give me for Ben in this one. I went against them last time, and they proved me wrong heavily. And I'm, I'm going to go with them this time. I think their run game is going really, really good. And that was one thing when I watched them against St. Thomas, they didn't really have a good enough, like they got Johan Johan Cardenas and Dante Lewis ran all over that defense. And I think with Romarian Tillman, with the line led by Bennett Warren, I think they get it done here. Give me four pin. It's very interesting. All right. Brady Dever, tell us all the reasons that we are wrong in this game. All right. Um, Oh, I think I believe in Walker, you know, Walker's right in this. Situation. Oh, I forgot. Walker took Fort Bend. I didn't even that didn't register until now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So last year, I remember all of y'all picking regions. Y'all all picked regions. Um. And, and whenever y'all all picked the same team, the other team won. So, uh, so Walker could have taken regions and we would have won. Um. But you know this the team this year is is completely different. You know, obviously my class graduated. We had a huge impact on that team but they've you know they started off really bad it was very embarrassing watching here from Rhode Island you know but they figured it out and they've uh, found their stride with what they're doing um you know I've talked to coach Black and our new offensive coordinator uh coach Carson and uh I'll probably talk to them again this week but they're uh they're they're four horsemen you know, the, the running backs, um, you know, Devo, Jordan, uh, Daniel and Cannon, you know, they've all made their impacts on the game. And it's kind of like, you know, they're running the ball, but you don't know which one is getting it. And they have a fresh kid every time. Um, so, you know, I think that'll be a huge um, factor is getting points on the board early and kind of setting the tone. Like last year, we set the tone very early with scoring the first play of the game. If they can score on that first drive, the opening drive, I think it'll very it'll set the tone of the game. Um, you know, Max on the defensive side of the ball um, is obviously going to play a huge impact, and he uh, had a huge impact in this game last year. 
Um, you know, he ended the game with like a strip sack and, you know, he's a very scary like kid to block and it's not someone you want to play against. So they'll obviously be going away from him, but then there's Ivan and, you know, it's a, it's a very, it's a very slept on for Ben team. There's not a huge name. You know, Tyler's a, also returning and he's playing both, both ways. So he'll make an impact in both the passing game and he'll even be throwing in a wildcat running the ball. You know, he's, is a former quarterback, so he can also throw the ball as well, which you know I haven't seen him do yet. But um, you know he he'll play a huge part in this game. You know Jordan Rogers will play a huge game in the secondary. Um, and that was last year; they couldn't really take shots downfield because of all the pressure we were getting. Um, you know Max is is someone that can frighten you a little bit. He's not going to say much, but with him being in your face, he's a large large human who will who can scare you a little bit. As well as Bennett, uh, Bennett is a massive, massive human being. Uh, you know, I could still beat him up, but uh, <laughs> he's he's a very, very large person. You know, but it's it's also a completely different team. So I think if four Ben can get out early, I mean, I think we we would have a really good chance in this game. Um, and, you know, four Ben is my pick, but you know, I'm excited to see how this game goes. I wish I could come home for it, but I trust in my guys, four Ben, to you know, come home with the dub. Doug, I want to say this, and this is actually like a good analysis point. Regis can score with the best of them. Like they're, they're going to score like, like Brady just mentioned, very good analysis. If they score early and they use that run game of theirs to drain that clock as much as possible to let that region's off offense off the field, you might have a chance in this game. But if it's if you get a couple three and outs by this region's defense and they just give that offense too much time, this could be a nightmare for Fort Ben. But I really think that run game is going to go solid for Fort Ben this one. Yeah, it really could. Walker, I don't know where we got to the point where we flipped because I have been like the Fort Ben supporter on this podcast yeah. barring the Regent semifinal last year. I don't know where we flipped roles, <laughs> but that is interesting. The more y'all talk, uh, the more I'm scared of my pick and kind of want to flip, but I'll stand on it. I really do like the point that Regents does like to take shots, especially this year with it's it's yeah, Hudson Powell, big like six six Hudson Powell like Hudson, to get the ball yeah. up to him. If they if they get guys like IJD and uh and Max, you know, in in Quinn's face, it could take that away. But also at the same time, I feel like they could be safe having Blake Smith running like outs and ins. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It, but you know, it brings but, up a great point. Because I mean they have they have to get pressure because if if you let Hudson Powell go up and get it I mean, Jordan Rogers is probably the, the tallest, and Tyler's probably the tallest two DBs they have. And so they that's their best matchup. But I mean, if they if you let Hudson Powell go to work, they it could be a nightmare scenario for Fort Ben. But what were you gonna say, Brady? I said that's I mean, that's kind of what happened last year was they they couldn't go down the field at all. And they were just having they had this short little receiver who was such a little pain. And he would he had like every catch during the game because they couldn't we were getting pressure on them at like every single play. And so they were just having to dump it off. And, you know, that obviously takes time on the defense. You know, it slows you down. Um, and I like how we all talk in Regents is playing very fast and, you know, putting a lot of points up. But I think if, if we can get pressure um, and, you know, have, you know, some big stops in these situations, um, I think it'll it'll really control the game because of how Fort Bend is also playing on offense this year with going so slow and you know just 
running the ball down your throat like every single play. Um, I think that'll be the biggest biggest point of the game. Sure. Yeah, I definitely think it will. It's it's the the more I hear us talk about it, the more I think it's going to be a lot closer than I initially thought. It's it's going to be a fun one, as you know. Any Fort Bend Regents Fort Bend second game is going to be. There's also there there's a lot of there's a lot of hate there, and I've mentioned before. There's nothing I like more in uh, in football than than hate. It just it makes games so much more fun, especially anyone that's played knows knows how true that statement is. But it's certainly going to be a fun time. That being said, that's all the games that we have uh, that we have on the sheet. Brady, first of all, thank you for joining us. Secondly, anything that you want to leave the people with before we get out of here? Four Ben, back to back. Four Ben, back to back. Say chance. That's all you got to say. It'll it'll be interesting. They've they've definitely got a good shot in the South. It'll be fun to watch. But yeah, Walker, we we fantastic slate of games. I am incredibly excited to see what transpires in the second round of the playoffs. Your thoughts overall and what you leave the people with. Uh, I'm going to leave them with I'll be at that game, Forbin versus Regents, wherever it's going to be played. So I will be out there. Stay tuned for that coverage because it should be a good one. Uh, playoffs are always fun. You know, we talked about five games, but there could be a couple of games that we didn't even realize are going to be some game for the ages. You know what I mean? So stay tuned. Watch, look into all the games. Text I've Texas high school football is always the best and stay tuned for it. So always excited. Absolutely. So that wraps up yet another fantastic episode of the Texas private school podcast for myself, for Walker lot, for Brady Dever, the MVP, the state champion. Thank you for watching. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one. Here we go.